Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shore. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. One Dental Clinic, sponsors of Women Today, offer convenient appointment times in the heart of Douglas, so you can fit your dental care into your working day. First of my good afternoon. It's six minutes past two. I'm Christy Dehaven and today we are back on the Conister Rock where we spend an hour sharing music and memories with some of our best-loved island personalities. And I'm joined on the rock today by someone who is as connected to this island as the sea is to the shoreline. She's grown with and through a crucial period of cultural revival, being fortunate to be taken under the wing of poet and folklorist Mona Douglas from a very young age, instilling a lifelong passion for her native language, music and and dance and she continues to play a hugely important part in keeping Manx culture alive not least informing educating and shaping future Manx generations with her work at the Bunskol Gilgak there is much much more to Anna Kizik and we'll be finding out about the many strings to her bow over the course of the next hour but starting with one of her most recent accomplishments Annie you say that becoming the Manx bar this year was when you realised that you really actually do like writing poetry. <laughs> yes, it doesn't, that doesn't sound particularly um, sensible, really. But yes, um, I suddenly thought, I can do this. I have been writing, of course, for years. But, you know, when you do things a long time and you keep them quietly to yourself and you think, well, they're amusing me. And um, actually sort of putting your head above the parapet and think, oh, actually... Yeah, people seem to be liking this and encouraging noises off and <laughs> and uh, indeed entering a competition. Yes, it 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 um it sort of gives you confidence, I suppose. That uh, it quite it seems quite strange. You can wait till you're fifty nine till you suddenly realise you really like doing something, meaning you really like it and it's worth the effort. Um, but it's still very nice when it happens. Yes. So, what then would be your plans for your? Uh, would you call it a barge ship? I suppose. What are your plans for this year? Well, they are evolving as we speak. I mean, personally, I'm determined to keep writing as much as I can. And I have been so far in the last couple of months, at least three poems a week. Um, Determined to write about anything that comes into my head. It might get abandoned. Most of it does. Um, I've been looking back at things that I wrote, not prolifically, when I was a lot younger, Dismissing most of them, but, you know, salvaging a line or two and thinking, hmm, I can do things with this. So personally, I've, I've, I've sort of set myself a challenge of producing a lot of things for, to see if I can. I think I can. I've got a lot of words floating around. Um, in terms of doing something for the island, this is not all about you and what you want to do yourself individually. Um, I'm obviously seizing any opportunity for be, being heard, seen. Um, I obviously have spent a lot of time at various country concerts and things in the past and done an odd poem or something. but now I can do it in my own right not just as a, a sort of add-on to a, a choral concert um, so I'll certainly be doing more of that and um, some liaison with Culture Van and no doubt lots of things and very open to any anybody's bright ideas of course oh well there you go anybody out there just love to write some music to this or whatever yes well i think it's safe to say isn't it that you know words have been very important to you through your life and and i wonder if you do think that there is a real power in them to sort of convey and and uh, sort of uh, protect and also i don't know express who we are as a nation Yes, for for good or bad, um, and I suppose that's for for everybody. Um, words are 
probably the most powerful thing we have. Uh, it's quite frightening, really, what they can do and how they can do it in uh, negative ways, too. Um, as far as I see it, I, I haven't consciously thought I would like to write about the island. I just It's just part of being me and my experience. And yes, um, I don't really go in for the big political sort of things. I doesn't mean I don't have those thoughts, but uh, my way of connecting is perhaps uh, perhaps a little bit different. Um, I'm sort of emotionally connected, I suppose, to, to, to this place. And um, yeah, the w- words are a way, f- in a way, finding out actually what you really do think. You can actually start writing something without knowing what you think. By the end, you've refined that thought if you like if that makes any sense it does it absolutely does so it's interesting you say uh, you don't sort of see them you don't see yourself taking them into the sort of political realm were you were you in any way sort of turned off by that from obviously your, your husband being phil gorn mhk <laughs> former mhk no um i think we all have most of us share common concerns about things that happen here um, and we express them in different ways and my way is perhaps more a poetic way, a musical way than others may may, may choose to, to use. Very diplomatically said yes, there. Uh, so I, I have to say, it's safe to say you are obviously a, a Manx person. Do you know how far back your Manx roots go? Well, on the Kizik side, um, I had don't look into these sort of things in a in a very systematic way, but uh, but um, fortunately, as uh, the Reverend Rex Kizik produced a book on the Kizik family uh, about the extended Kizik family uh, 20, 30 years ago now, uh, there there we are in it. So uh, yes, I do know because somebody else has done all the work. That's on one side, um, but my, all my roots aren't, aren't Manx. My, I have a Scottish grandmother about whom I knew very little, and I've been finding out about that aspect of the the family in the last couple of years, really on behalf of my dad, who didn't know. Um, I found out there are all kinds of opera singers in that side of the family in, in Scotland, in Glasgow, which was quite interesting to find out about. And I found letters from Covent Garden and all sorts of things. So that was a aspect I wasn't expecting. And um, on a mum's side, her, her mother's family um, is from the west of the island and included Manx speakers and, and, and even Manx singers, I know, and preachers. But her dad's family were from Liverpool. So, you know, I'm, I'm mixed, like most people here, I've got a, a mixed heritage, but this is my place. And so going back to sort of that early time with little Annie, shall we say, uh, you grew up in Onken, didn't you? And you went to Onken school. You say you were often late for school. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. I hope my husband is uh, not listening to this and laughing. I'm always <laughs> accusing him of this now. But um, yes, I've always seemed to be living as a, a child adjacent to school fields and adjacent to Onken school field. I used to go home at dinner time, a big long dinner times, and uh, the whistle would blow and I'd have to charge through the fence at the back of the house and run the length of the field which is a big field and I just get there in, in time to, to walk in and, and I don't know why I did this sort of delay because I didn't want to be in trouble but you know children do things like that don't they and what were some of your favorite subjects because i'm guessing back then there weren't there weren't very many sort of manx related subjects or topics that you were you were learning i I wasn't certainly the first few years at school i was sort of in remedial readers i was slow at things i started school when i was just four and i found things very hard i think um well i just accepted that what it was like but um when i got to about eight my 
teacher had reached the juniors was uh, Leslie Quilliam from, from Peel. And of course, he was very interested in all the um, sort of Manx culture place names. And he started a Manx class at school after school and I went along uh, not many people went but a few of us did and straight away I was hooked fascinated and ran home mum mum I know where we live and she said well of course you know where you live yes but I know why it's called Balacrink Drive <laughs> and I know and um, that got my mum and dad very interested actually and things sort of fanned out from that over the years to um parents got involved in Manx, learning the Manx language. Dad still is. Hello, Dad. I hope you're listening. Fast am I. <laughs> and um, yeah, we, we sort of went from there. I got more involved than perhaps most people because I was genuinely fascinated about the things that my parents actually couldn't tell me at that point because they didn't know they were of that generation that hadn't really been told and were a bit ashamed in, in some ways of... Um, being Manx it was that was that sort of era, you know, after the after the wars, really. Um, so, in some ways, you were sort of educating your parents, which maybe maybe that's where your your interest in teaching started. Well, I don't know, <laughs> don't know about that. Yeah. But you've, we've been choosing some music for this afternoon, which is always a difficult thing for our guests. And I do always say that I would not like to be put in a position where you have to choose four or five songs uh, and sort of whittle them out of all of the many ones that you might want to choose. And I'm guessing this was particularly hard for you, Annie, with your love of music and also your vast interest in different types of music as well. Was it a difficult thing for you? Yes, it was. But I have to admit, when I went running around the house looking for the requisite CDs, I realised a lot of things were just floating around in my head. I, I knew I liked them because I'd heard them so often on radio and in history. I didn't actually have the recordings and that and certain people who will not put their CDs back in the right case <laughs> meant that um, the things I thought I would go to immediately weren't, weren't actually always there. So um, I honed in really on the things that the pieces of music that I suppose in a way were iconic for me not necessarily as pieces of music but what they represented um, in, in, in my life so most of my choices have been based around that so they are of course uh, quite solidly on Manx ground. But <laughs> <laughs> well, your first tune then that we're going to hear today the first piece of music it is a very rousing piece of music one that I know very well uh, the, the Maddie Pryor piece tell us a little bit about why you've cho chosen this one. Lots of reasons. <laughs> um, he would true valour see. Well, that was a, of course, a, a hymn, and um, is a hymn, and. I learned it, I think, at first when I was at uh, St Peter's Church in in, in Onken, and my mum used to roar with laughter when it came to the the foul fiends, and she always laughed at this, and um, it was rather, <laughs> well funny in a way but uh, we arranged a funeral service a few uh, two or three years ago and we had to have we had to have that in there <laughs> also had it at our wedding and it seems to crop up at various um various key moments um manx classes actually uh, when we went to manx classes with my mother and father uh, i was about nine and i would sit in the background and mum and dad went to Peel to um, Lewis Crellen who was a lovely fella and he used to have Manx classes in the Recapite Hall and they'd be telling stories and one of the works they were looking at was a translation of the first part of the Pilgrim's Progress in Manx so I came across some of these these sort of words and phrases of John Bunyan things um, obliquely in a different way through, through Manx which was a, another nice connection. Yeah. 
that is Mandy Pryor and the Carnival Band and that is uh, Who Would True Valor See and uh, we will have more music choices from Annie Kizik over the course of the next 40 minutes or so if you want to text you can do that 16 or if you want to send an email for Annie you can email studio at manxradio.com The Nation Station Manx One Dental Clinic, sponsors of Women Today, offer convenient appointment times in the heart of Douglas so you can fit your dental care into your working day. Uh, You are listening to Women Today, but today, as it's Friday, we are on the Conister Rock and I'm delighted to be joined by Annie Kizik. We're having a right old time here, aren't we? It's good fun. (laughs) It's good fun. Oh, and you mentioned just before the break, you mentioned that you were taught by um, Manx, taught Manx by the teacher Leslie Quilliam. But then you say that began sort of a lifelong involvement um, with your native language and, and interest in, in all of that. But then you had a meeting with someone who was very important to you and also crucial, <coughs> pardon me, to the sort of health and preservation of our island's culture and heritage, really. And it's one of those names that I remember as a child hearing this name, had no idea how important this woman really was. And so since having found out uh, a lot more about Mona Douglas, when I read that you had quite a strong connection with her, I was so excited, I have to say, Annie. Tell, <laughs> tell us about how you actually met her in the first place. Well, it was down to mum and dad, and it was also down to Leslie Quilliam, um, the teacher again, who, who had a word with mum and dad and mentioned that he thought I was very interested in, or would be very interested to meet uh, Mona Douglas because she had what they called a, a youth group in town at the time. It sounded a bit, youth group in town sounded a bit bit dodgy but anyway we, we I, I expressed an interest and my sister Jenny too um, and we, we, we were brought down every, basically every Saturday night from, from I suppose I was about seven till I was about 17 um, I'd be going to uh, the back of Mount Havelock and along with a, a few other um, children and youths and we would be learning Manx songs and some dancing, even fencing at one point. And uh, as I got older, I got sort of dragged into different um, different aspects of culture, if you like, dialect plays and all sorts of things, which didn't just involve the children of Eglach Fannin, but involved other people who were interested both in the sort of preservation of dialect and sort of Manx traditions and also the language. So I ended up coming across an awful lot of very influential people who indeed did influence me very strongly at a I, I suppose a time when I was uh, I was very uh, open to it all um, so I was very lucky but Mona Douglas was um, the, was a sort of constant through through my life really and, and still is in, in various ways. And we were just saying off air there how, because I, I mentioned to you that, you know, like I said, I knew her as a child, knew of her as a child, did, had no idea about the importance of her. And you said, well, actually, that was pretty much the case when she was alive as well. Most people just had no idea how crucial the work she was doing was. Yeah, she was a very determined lady and she didn't, um, she, she, she saw where she wanted to go and she appeared to take no notice of the difficulties that everybody else would see. This is the right thing to do. This is what we'll do. And she was sort of out of her time, really. The things she was interested in at the time and promoting and knew about were things that really, I think most people thought had fizzled out before or during the First World War. Um, and they seemed a bit old-fashioned and strange and 
backward looking, if you like. And um, Mona had a sort of mystical uh, side to her as well, which I think might have caused huge embarrassment to the practical people of the 20th century. Uh, so she was a little bit out on out on a limb, but she did her own thing and she kept doing it all her life. And she, she saw the world in a different way than most people. Um, but I... I yeah, I was I I was impressed by the sort of singularity of her her vision, and you should do what feels right. And um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think I've sort of tried in a way to follow in not exactly her footsteps because we wouldn't agree on lots of things, but um, that that idea is you should follow what feels right, and your instinct on these things is uh, is not a bad way to be. And it, it just it absolutely sort of proves how important those connections are with people and how you can have, you know, even a brief encounter with someone and it can influence the, the rest of your life, really. And and actually what her work, her work and what you've continued to do since is influencing all of our lives because you see it around us now, don't you? You can see oh, the I effect of it. Oh, I think she would be delighted to see all the uh, interest in um, Manx culture that, that's going on at all levels now. It's very respectable, almost too respectable, some might say. But, um, you know, it's gone from being a sort of very, very small minority to quite a healthy minority now, I think. I don't think she'd have been surprised, though. She, she thought that everything had its time. I think, and, uh, and it probably does, yes. And yeah, as you say, everything had its time, but uh, you, you describe when you, you sent in your information, you were saying that she did what she did in spite of the indifference and hostility of the times that she was in. Yes. So there, there was quite a yeah. backlash, wasn't and there? I think, I mean, she didn't always help herself. <laughs> I mean, I, I think some people were horrified, you know, when pe- people were would be uh, record, go on record of having seen fairies here, there and everywhere. It just sort of, confounded the images of you know airy fairy woman once you know intellectually sort of lacking ridiculously imaginative all the things that would be used um sometimes against women actually <laughs> i think um it, 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 particularly in the past uh, not so much these days but i do feel she was she was in a way at a disadvantage of being female at a time when most of the movers and shakers in the Manx world, uh, the people who were out researching the Manx language and this sort of thing, were all male, and they were all very, uh, you know, I have huge respect for them as individuals. But you know, there's this sort of strange woman on the periphery doing her own thing, <laughs> which sort of involved songs and things that people didn't perhaps feel were quite as important as as they would do now. Um, and she was very creative and, you know, she didn't really see a, a gap between what you collect and what you find and what you create yourself. So, you know, as a folklore collector, she's probably pretty desperately bad because, you know, your own imagination and your own experience went straight into it. But I identify with that very strongly. And I think it's just the mark of being a really creative person in the right environment. So... And this, this talk of Mona and that time in your life as well leads us into your next piece of music, which is a beautiful piece. Tell us about The Secret Island. Yes, Mona was a poet, and I didn't really realise this uh, um, until ooh, perhaps the last 30 years or so. And I've come across some of her writings, which have not been um, published or hadn't been published for a very, very long time. And uh, one of the longer poems known as The Secret Island, and part of this has been beautifully um arranged and sung by Marlene and I think Charles Gard, another great friend of Rona, uh, is playing the harp there and I think it's a beautiful piece and, and it, it, it gives um, yeah, it, it, it gives the, be- the words the beauty that they have in them too uh, yeah, it works very well together 
beautiful piece of music. Marlene Hendy singing there. The words of Mona Douglas. Yes. And uh, with Charles Gard playing harp, you can just hear him beautifully in the background there. And that is uh, The Secret Island. I think it's still available on the Best That's In, one of the Best That's In CDs, yes. so you can still get hold of it. Um, Annie Kizik, I want to know, just, just wrapping up that conversation about these people like Mona Douglas and Dougie Farragher and all the, the various people that, that you knew and and, uh, and met with in that sort of quest in a way to, to bring back the Manx culture to life again. Why do you think it is important to keep that thread to our past? I don't think I've got a choice, really. I, th- I think if you're given something, it's very precious. You need to give it to somebody else. That's a beautiful answer. Absolutely lovely. Uh, so we are joined by Annie Kizik this afternoon, sharing music and memories with her through to through till 3pm. We've got more music coming up in just a moment. Uh, you went to university in Wales, didn't you? Yes, uh, Bangor. <laughs> what was it? What was it like? What was your time like there? I enjoyed it on the whole. I, I met up, I, I think I na- naively thought I would go to Wales, I would learn Welsh straight away and I would be involved in things. I didn't realise that, you know, it takes takes time to learn a, a language from scratch and I, you have to sort of ease your way into a culture. You can't just say, here I am. And I want to. So I ended up really running around with my, meeting two very good friends um, from who weren't from Wales, who were in Northern Ireland and Cornwall, um, who were still, you know, still very close with. So we were like the Celtic fringe, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, no, I enjoyed it. Um, I did English there, ironically. And... Um, I enjoyed coming back. So, uh, yes, it was And were you inspired by it? Because obviously they've got a a long history, really, in in sort of trying to preserve their their native language and their traditions. Did that inspire you in any way? It was a heady time. There were lots of protests and things going on. And inevitably, as a non-Welsh speaker, I suppose I was from, I was the other part, which is interesting to see yourself in that position when you don't anticipate it. So, um, yes, the tenacity of, you know, fighting for something you really believe in it was uh, you know it was, it was sort of palpable and, and and great and I could I could understand it absolutely um but I didn't come back you know a fluent Welsh speaker at all <laughs> <laughs> yes I've had more contact with with, with Welsh uh, Welsh speakers and things in in, in 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 later life through connections with the Crunyach and going to the Eisteddfords and things so because that's the thing we do yes, all of you know from we these do. nations yes, we yes. have that so, it's a beautiful, undoubtedly oh, yes, don't we yeah. it's a beautiful language actually if if, if I was linguistically able and I'm not really I can do I can do Manx and an awful lot of English but I, I it would be Welsh would be the the language I would like to be able to speak fluently for the sound of it. It is very musical, isn't yes, it? And that's, yes. do you know what? That links us in nicely to uh, our next little section because as I said, there's so much, so many strings to your bow, Annie Kizzy, there really are. And one of them, of course, uh, you're in, as you describe yourself as an enthusiastic composer, which I love. And you do, of course, direct the a cappella Manx language choir, Kurj and Kujek as well. Um, just tell us how all that came about. Oh, I think. It was a long, long time ago, and um, and Krynicht in Ramsey were having competitions, and um, there were choir competitions. And at the time, my good friend Claire Kilgallen, Claire um, was um, and was was singing in the choir Clogaritui, and I think they'd only been going a couple of years at that point. And I thought, well, maybe I could, we could, myself and my friend Julie Matthews, maybe, maybe we could get a small group together and sing something. Maybe could do it in harmony. I'd not done that before ever, but we got about four or five of us together um, and I tried to scribble out some ideas, but I didn't 
really feel I knew what I well I didn't really know what I was doing but anyway they were fortunate Julie was a wonderful musician and could hold an alto line and we, we, we acquired a few people who could sing bits of harmony and I, th- I thought oh I quite like this so basically it sort of grew from there we we gained people we realized we sounded quite nice we gave up every Saturday night then for the next well till now we practice every Saturday night without fail really um, and it's sort of given up on that idea of an alternative social life to have a, a choir social life and uh, yeah we're all quite a bit older now but you know we acquire some younger people on on en route and um, and well I've been very lucky people are willing to to sing what I sing what I write mostly and uh, it's quite a good incentive for for writing and arranging more yes I can imagine it is and you've chosen a piece uh, which is the piece we're going to hear yes we're going to hear Carvel Creneish um, which is the name of a, a CD we brought out but was also the name of the track on the CD which is a, a Cregnish carol um, it's a very simple piece that uh, I made for the choir quite a few years ago and it came out of it uh, at the time I was living at Craignish, I was married to Phil at that point, and we had the two children there. Ewan and Kitty were uh, brought up there, and it was a beautiful place to be to live in, and a lovely clear night um, towards Christmas. And I suppose you could say you sort of had a an imaginary vision of angels, if you like, or maybe it wasn't imaginary. I don't know. Anyway, it, it resulted in Carvel Craignish, and my friend Aylan Clegg, who I teach with now um it, it, it sings a solo on this and it's lovely to hear Aylan's voice in any context <laughs> Beautiful. 
Kurjan Kujak. I'm going to let you pronounce the name of the piece again, Annie. That's Carvel Krenish. Carvel Krenish. Okay. It. And that was from a time when you lived at Kregnish. And just off mic there, I was just saying, did you live in any of the sort of real historical buildings? And actually lived in a couple there, didn't you? Well, we lived, we, we lived in three. We moved around. And <laughs> that seems to be in the way of people who lived in Kregnish historically as well. They went around different houses. No, we, we, we started off um, our married life in, in, in the Weaver's house tie a feather next to the, the next to the the, the um weaver shed there and that's where ewan was born and then we went to cool Bairn over uh, with the pink roses next to the church um that's where kitty was born and and, and we then moved up next uh, tie vadral um which was the house where ned madrill uh, the last native speaker had learned the manx from his grandmother that's where we uh, that's where we finished off in in in, in Kregnish there so it was a lovely time and lovely nice time for the children and did you feel like it sort there. of deepened your connection then to that manx heritage being there yes because we got to know about the native speakers and of course stanley Karen was around telling us about his his family and very friendly and open about these things oh yes it was it was uh, it did deepen things and uh, gave it a different perspective it wasn't all academic it was still connected with the people who, who who were round and about us at the time. Absolutely. Well, well, Annie's going to be with us for a little bit longer, about another 20 minutes or so, and we've still got some more music to play. Very excited to play these final two pieces. Uh, that's all coming up after the break, but it's now 20 minutes to three. The Nation Station, Manx Radio. Abbey Dental, sponsors of Women Today, for all aspects of today's dental care. Highly recommended throughout the Isle of Man. And it's just coming up to quarter to three on the programme. Now, just before the break, uh, talking to Annie Kizik there. And Annie, we, we've just, we played some Kurjan Kujak and I wanted to quote something at you, which I think is just really lovely. When you're talking about the choir to me, you say, the real achievement is some wonderful friends. Otherwise, there would be no point in writing music. Yes, that's absolutely true. <laughs> yes, um, indeed. I, I would apart. There'd be no point, and I wouldn't do it. Um, and I probably wouldn't write poems either when it comes to that, because there'd be nobody saying, "I think that's all right in your ear." Which and, again uh, is all about that sort of connection, yeah. isn't it, with other people? Yes, which which yeah. leads into the whole nature of how important community is, I suppose. Yes, yes, and people give you confidence. I mean, I'm not naturally a confident person. This might have come over, and having people who will say yes, yes, go for it has, has made such a difference in my life. So yeah, I <laughs> all praise to them. And we did hear the solo from Aylan there, yeah. and you, you've been writing with Aylan for quite some time, haven't you? And you, you write Manx songs for the children. Oh, we have we have a ball about every every. every we have a, a at a, the Bunskol Gilgach. We have a big um, musical play, if you like, a musical every, every summer term now. And there's a sort of grown from being about three quarters of an hour long to being about an hour and a half full scale musical. We write. I write the first half. She writes the second <laughs> half, and we write about a dozen songs each um, in the space of about three weeks. And it, it it's such a pressure, but it's it, it's manic. It's fun. It's good. The children have loads of fun doing it I think they all think everybody makes up songs as well so they're quite happy to make things up and uh, no it's really nice to have a collaborative partnership on something like that too Gosh, you're so prolific though that's such yeah, an, well, a huge amount of, of nervous songs. energy got to do something <laughs> with it and these children then that you are sort of working with do you think that the, the, the Manx uh, culture is safe in their hands then for the future I certainly hope so. There's enough of them gone through the system such as we have at um, the moment to, to, to make that very likely, I hope. And I hope they'll do it because they, 
they want to and think there's something intrinsically worthwhile in it and it wasn't just we went to that odd school because our parents made us and there will be some people who think that in the end but you know if you have a handful of people who think something's really worthwhile it's always going to be all right that's yeah. very true and it, I, it, I do sort of think back now thinking about talking about Mona and the other people with, with them Dougie and Dick Radcliffe and Adrian Pilgrim that you mentioned have since passed away what they would make of the fact that you know now we have these Manx speaking children just like we were talking about Hop and how so many of them round Peel were singing in Manx yes yes indeed yeah um Yes, it would be an interesting thought to see how they reacted, but I think they'd be very, very pleased with it. And we were talking a bit about your family and the fact that both you and Kitty were born in Craigneesh, which I just think is magic. That's just so yes, perfect. Yes, it's a lovely place to be Yeah, what up. a lovely thing. And obviously a lot of people will know Ewan's voice because he is a, our local democracy reporter. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yes. absolutely. He's done very well for himself. Uh, interestingly, though, I didn't, I wasn't aware that um, Kitty, your daughter, has been sort of homebound, hasn't she, for some time? Yes, um, nearly 10 years now, unfortunately. She's... Um, she has ME, um, that means that really she can hardly get out of the house very much at all. And that's all kinds of quite unpleasant things to deal with. But she's she, she's um, she's still got a lot of spirit and she knows what she wants to do. Um, she'd like to have gone to music somewhere and could have done, I think, and play the piano. So maybe, in, you know, in the future, they'll, they'll find something to help with that. And she can sort of get back in on, uh, get back doing things like... Um, she probably would really be able to do I think. It is one yeah. of those really frustrating um, conditions isn't it because so little is really understood about yes, it. Yes it, it, it was a, it was one of the hardest lessons in my life to realise of just wanting something to work out and you know you can't make it and you can't make it right for everybody you can't which is really hard as a parent to realise that some things you, you can't admit you can do some things but you cannot you know change certain things uh, just by sort of force of wishing to um, and you know really I think well I, I need to go on and do the things I can do because I'm fortunate enough at the moment to be well and we should all be doing that you know while we've got our health we should be doing what you can do and and, and being glad for your health, uh, yeah. <laughs> well said indeed. So you've done so much, as we've talked about over the past hour, and there's so much more we could have talked about as well. Uh, what what would you say you're most proud of to this point then? I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm going to be very boring and say I'm very proud of my family because we're, we're, we're still friends with each other and we, we do our own things and we go our own way. But we, I think we all respect what each other has done and and, and and does now and uh, yeah that's it's just a bit boring saying that isn't it but not I at think all. I think that's a fairly major achievement which is a lovely thing that you put on your information when you sent through and we, we ask what what people love uh, you sort of give you could give us any sort of answer and you said having a happy family and a sunny day picking blackberries yes which it sort <laughs> of sums it up yes yeah. it's so true again that connection to the land where you live which is yeah. clearly very important and i also love the fact that you said um you, you love the masses of kind people in the world because you're always meeting them that is such an encouraging thing to hear annie because yes it does sound rather pious doesn't it but I, it was quite genuine um i I do. I think most people are most people are very very nice if you get time to 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 know them and listen to them. Yeah. 
Well said indeed. Uh, what are your ambitions then for, for the future? Because I, I would imagine you have many grand plans considering what you've achieved so far, Annie. <laughs> I'm not a person who plans anything. In fact, I'm like the antithesis of plans. Uh, instinct, I just go for what feels right. So I, I've never planned anything. I don't seek things, but I always find things that come my way. So that's how I intend to, to carry on and see, what, uh, see how I feel and see what lands in my lap and that's the way I'll go and we have had some wonderful pieces of music we do need to round up you did also choose um, the Manx Fisherman's Hymn um, by the Regal Singers which unfortunately we're not going to have time for but we're conscious that a lot of people know that one yes, yes so we've chosen instead one that I would imagine most of our listeners will not know but it <laughs> is wonderful tell us what we're going to finish with today Annie right well my wild card is um, something I heard on the radio a couple of years ago and I found the CD off and it's a sort of Latin American Baroque um, <laughs> if you like the sort of uh, native Indian culture uh, meeting um, the the sort of Latin culture and the sort of resulting music uh, that comes out of this so this is a wonderful piece of music um, and it's it, the words which I've just found here are involving uh, say um, Hey, come on, play, sing and dance. Oh, that is <laughs> so, perfect. Um, yeah, perfect. And I want to dance when I hear this. So, uh, yes. Well, maybe so we'll think... dance around the room yeah, when but... the mics are off and I'll stop the videos recording Definitely. as well. Yes, we'll do Definitely. that. And it's been an absolute joy spending this time with you. Thank you so well, much. Guramai, Murat. Guramai. If you missed any part of this programme, you can go back and listen again via the on-demand feature. And we will have a little video clip on the portal. It will not be of us dancing. Oh. But uh, but we will. <laughs> well, if you want to, we can. We can do that as well. People will be very disappointed. <laughs> I think not. (laughs) Annie Kizik, thank you and goodbye. Sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.